the problems that I have experienced from uh, having conversations about racism and poverty and inequality in America is many people do not understand um, the whole situation. Because they have lived all their life in poverty, in inequality, in uh, race, uh, racial bias, they have experienced nothing but that lifestyle. And it's hard as someone who is educated to educate people who don't want to be educated or don't know that they're dumb. I don't want to say it like uh, as, as a pompous, rude way, but that's the honest truth. Because you refuse to learn and admit that you are right. To stay somewhat sane in that cavalcade that you call life. In that you are literally experience racism. Uh, and you go, oh, I'm not being racially uh, discriminated because I'm, you know, doing good or I'm doing fine. Or I'm doing better off than uh, another individual. Or this person likes me and he's white. It is like a, you can see the brainwash, the, the lack of understanding. I was having a conversation with uh, an individual who immigrated here, an individual who comes from a lower income neighborhood. Both of them agreeing with each other, but neither one of them quite understanding um, what I was talking about. I, I was talking about having forms with a system that is made and been rigged. Now, we all three agree that the system's rigged. But their idea is saying, hey, our system is rigged a little less than if you would go to a third world country. I said, yeah, maybe that's true. But it still says the system is rigged. So you would literally stand idly by as you know that the system is rigged and work within it doing nothing. They said, what can we do? I said, well, like Black Lives Matter, now they clearly did not support the movement nor understand the movement. But I said, like Black Lives Matter, the whole purpose is to not only identify and bring awareness, but then do the next step and create a change enforce laws, enforce accountability, enforce legislative uh, rulings that would cause these incidents not to be, uh, not to slip through the crack. And when they do happen, because they will happen, it will continue to happen. But when they do happen, people are punished properly. Black Lives Matter is not saying that there will be 100% peace. We are saying that we want justice for when the peace is broken. The police officers who break the peace and make uh, peace not an option be dismant uh, like dismantled and avoided altogether so they would never be hired. Making uh, police officers vetting the process, making 
more reliable police officers. Kind of like when you um, when you clean out your, your your tank or your system, you only put fresh stuff. You put fresh fuels, fresh oils to clean out the system to make uh, only new oil. You don't clean it with dirty oil. You don't clean it with, with oil that has debris in it just because you want to put as much oil as you can. That is the uh, that is the point that Black Lives Matter is making, and they disagreed with that. And the process that explaining to them, because they are so proudful of their ignorance, because they are not standing at the bottom, that they are happy and complacent. I'm not saying that you will not be a part of a system that you don't agree with. Everyone, uh, for the sake of food, uh, shelter, and uh, you know. A healthy place to to rest for safety. We will do things that we don't necessarily agree with. I'm currently doing things that I'm I don't necessarily agree with, but I always try to make a goal and a plan to to always go against it, to always uh, you know announce it, make sure that people understand where I'm coming from, why I'm doing this. Making sure to always explode, uh, to expose the deplorable actions. When we decide, hey, if you're joining a system because you have to to get those needs to be met, you are not being complacent in the system and not accepting it. It sucks when you it, just because you join college, you you uh, join an academic study doesn't mean all the policies and politics that come from that study are now uh, the only thing to follow. Because, uh, let's say your school that you join, let's say your, your school is predominantly white and your sorority or your, your um, I don't know uh, what the other one is, but let's say it is very racist. Now, let's say you find out it's racist, you go, hey, you know what, I don't want to be a part of that. I, I decide to stay away from the frat house or sorority, and you disband from them, you no longer follow that rule and process. Now, say you still go to a school even knowing the school is racist. You take out the good stuff, and as soon as you are able to leave and suffice, you then regurgitate uh, all the good information, take everything that is good, and dispose of the bad information. You you expose the bad information. You um, make sure that people are aware that information is out there. Now, not everyone can do this. Some things need to be said right then and there. People have, have not realized that exposing is just the first step. It's only for people who can't do that. It's for people whose voices are in danger, truly in danger. Not, oh, uh, people are going to harass me at grocery store. No, people will kill people for exposing that. That is the difference. Just for your comfort, for your Facebook feed not to be blown up by Sally from Kentucky. Versus someone literally coming to your house and breaking down your door and burning your kids. There's a difference. That's why, like, 
there there is a difference. That's why we have performative activism and then we got actual activism. Doing the part that you can. And there's doing a hundred percent what you can, not the bottom of the barrel. I said that the world, like there's always gonna be corruption. There's always gonna be these things. It is how we react to them. We need to change the way we, uh, we punish, the way that we hold people accountable. Because it's saying, if you are one of those ignorant people that say, okay, I'm going to stay in the shit, the stew and fester, you don't deserve a crumb of progress. You deserve to stay in stagnant and stay complacent all your life. You're a person that finds nothing in this world uh, enjoyable because the process of getting bigger, getting stronger, getting wiser, and getting smarter takes time. What they said to me was so so very ignorant that I can barely stomach it. They said, the internet has been around for 30 years. Why has that not stopped racism? Racism has been around for a very long time. Yeah, I, it's, I, I would say even if we just start at a process with um, racial inequality of black people starting in America 400 years ago, even further beyond that, but let's say 400 years ago, what do they possibly think is going to change in 30 years that rapid? Oh, we see slavery, we see this, we see that. You're, you're going to change ingrained racism, racial laws built on that. You're going to inform people. How, how can you inform everyone? We have access to the internet. Does everyone have access to the internet? Does everyone have access to uh, high-speed internet without blockage, without uh, altered information, without the mass spread of uh, false information? Uh, you say the information's out there, Who's teaching the information? How can someone learn racism and the, the actual history behind it if schools are not mandated to teach it? If people are hiding it and misconstruing it and lessening the blow? They try to, you know, give me times where uh, police officers were held accountable. And I easily counteracted with the plethora of police officers that weren't held accountable, that weren't caught, that were protected. So what about those? Those who were obvious. Well, they said it was just allegations, allegations with enough evidence to put anyone who wasn't a police officer in that department away. There was pictures, there were videos, there were tons, and you you say, okay, well, the police officers are going to do their job properly. That is the issue I have. How do you educate people who don't want to be educated? And the truth is, you're not supposed to educate them. The truth is, they will learn like everyone else. I'm not advocating uh, or uh, leaving people behind. But those people are lost causes, and that is the, the truth and the reality. I think as kids, we like to do the uh, save everyone. 
But as you realize when you grow up more and more, these people aren't bad, but these people refuse to go with you. They are scared. It is like the Harriet Tubman. They are scared. And you you either pull a gun on them and tell them to move or you shoot them. But if they come with you halfway, they have to come the whole way. Now, if they refuse to come at all, you cannot force them. You have to understand that. People, we, we have very minimal resources, very minimal time. The world is dying. I would like to say that it, it, we have um, all the time in the world. I would like to say that we have um, more resources to reverse our actions. I don't know what we have. I'm not even in charge. I don't know what we're working with. But what I do know is that if you are adamant about staying in the same place and others are adamant of not progressing at all, actually going backwards, and the people that want to go forward into the future are now pulling twice as much dead weight. It Not only are you playing tug-of-war, you're playing tug-of-war with rocks that are lean. Like some people, they got rocks and weights leaning, so now you're pulling everything. You're pulling against them, you're pulling that to move it, you're, you're doing all that, and you're saying, why not leave, why not make your own thing? The only issue is, they have all the resources. They are, they are not allowing us, because they know if we progress, those rocks would crumble. They know if we progress, people would look, and they would no longer move that direction. They are, they are fully aware of that. The best thing you can do in life is to make it and show them. The best way you can progress in life is to figure out ways that people can come in clean. They can come in safely. And if you can't figure out a way, make a way. But you can't save anyone if you can't save yourself. That is the truth that you need to understand. For black people, the reason that I am so pro-black is not that I disagree with any other race, any other movement. But for right now, I can only speak for my pain and my trauma. I'll always be there to give a helping hand when I can, when I have a free hand. But there are issues and problems that I need to face first before I can help you. And any ally would understand that. I'm stretched thin. If I had it, I would give it in a heartbeat. It wouldn't be a question. And you can feel it in my heart. But what has, hap what has been happening in the recent years is the Hispanic community, the Asian community, um, the white community even, the, um, the LGBTQ community, they have all experienced a tragedy. And they all uh, get it. They, they put.
push their anger out on the black community for still speaking out against the atrocities that some of them have committed. The, the trauma doesn't stop. Now, I know to weep, I know when to mourn, but it doesn't stop. I hate when people use the dead as an excuse to get away from their sins. Yes, I will not show up to a funeral and and scream uh, about this person's death. But I will not sit there and act like their actions when they were living were any clear. I will say, I will speak about this man and his deeds, and I will tell his sons, I will tell his daughters the horrible atrocities, but I will, uh, I will not disgrace uh, a burial, not unless he has disgraced another's. I will not actively go to someone's funeral just to piss on their graves, as long as they did not contribute to making graves and not contribute and disgracing another man's grave. Now, the, the reason I bring up those other communities is because it's hard to talk about it. And no one, I, I feel that very few feel comfortable with talking about it. But it's true. There's been heavy racism in the Hispanic community and heavy racism in the Asian community. And I, I felt that we already know about the white community. And I've talked about the LGBTQ community. The issue is we don't get to talk about it because we're another minority group. I'm not saying stop, hold, but I'm saying address it. We are fighting enemies, and like the main enemy basically is white oppression. That is the main enemy. That has been uh, dominating our world for a very long time. And this idea of lighter skin being uh, parallel to beauty, parallel to education, wealth, uh, status, prowess, you know, the fact of it is, it is not that prevalent. We've made, they have made something that is clearly just uh, very, you know, just like a random trait, and basically gassed it up to make it seem so uh, amazing and wonderful. It is, it's like a fad or a trend that someone has kept going, and they, they have slowly realized that they they can only go so far with it, so they treat, keep trying to steal other cultures and other styles to revamp the same product that has been worn and torn and, and basically done at this point. Being lighter skin is not a not a skill or a trait. It, I'm not saying it's something to be ashamed of, but it's not something to be proud of. It's just who you are. I don't treat my darker skin as as a prize. I treat it as as just being a regular human. It connects me to to my people. It it shows like hey, 
you look like me. We, we share similar traits. But I don't look at another person with, with lighter skin and go, you are worse than me. You're dumber than me. I just look at them with lighter skin. The only reason that in modern day that we um, have to compliment our skin is because it's been degraded so long and treated like it was a disease. Treated like we were uh, disgusting for even having it and we were sick. And in fact, it was the only sickness that we had received was the hate from those who uh, seek to steal from us and degrade us, that had hate for themselves, so they plastered that hate onto us. The, the problem with, the, uh, with what I saw in the Asian community is that there was a random, not, not a random, but there was a hatred for black people. Now, this was pushed by the white privilege narrative. Uh, I will say that it was taught to us all that, hey, you know, why aren't you helping us? Why aren't you? We were the scapegoat. We're the scapegoat for everything. You have a movement. Why aren't you backing us with our movement? And I've said it before. I cannot lead anyone other, uh, any movement that I'm not uh, already a part of. I'm, I cannot lead an Hispanic movement. I cannot lead an Asian movement. I can only be a supporter of the movement. I will be there. I'll, I'll be kind. I'll be in the background. I'll be support. I, I will you know, support figureheads, but I will not lead it. Because if I lead it, not knowing the full depths of the experience, not knowing exactly what we are aiming for, not experiencing the trauma and making sure that every small detail is met to make sure you have peace, I would just end up being like FDR, John F. Kennedy, other white figureheads that I don't even necessarily agree with, but are claimed so highly in, in history. The, it's the Abraham Lincoln effect. Oh, this person, I'm not this race, doesn't believe that racism or this inequality should stand. So we're going to make some laws to stop that. And it does, you know, do something good, but it doesn't go far enough. It only goes so far and it ends up being a negative because then we have to be grateful, quote unquote grateful, or seen as ungrateful for not appreciating this literally small gesture. Because anyone who's in your shoes would know how small of a gesture that actually was. Let me explain. Abraham Lincoln did not free the slaves. We were not slaves by birth. We were not slaves by God's hand. We were slaves by white men. We were slaves by pompous, arrogant, lazy pieces of shit. Who thought that they were so superior by their false god. Because whoever they prayed to was not God. They didn't back them up. I'm pretty sure that they prayed to Satan itself because they were so easily manipulated and so insecure that they decided to pray to whatever demon that saw fit to, to do to them 
to do, to tell them to do heinous things to us. And it was justified. It was God's will. Those monsters, those evil, sinful bastards, men, women, children, anyone of that time, and anyone with that idea or belief does not pray to God. They pray to Satan himself. Now, they, I say, we, we can overcome this. We can overcome this, but we have to address that. We have to remember that Abraham Lincoln did not free us. He literally just said, hey, we can't do this anymore. And he was willing to let us go. You know, willing to, to literally use us as bargaining chips. He was willing to, to uh, let us go. Let us remain slaves as a bargaining chip to keep his quote-unquote America whole. People. We were bargaining chips. We, we, weren't, we weren't people to him. We weren't people to him. We are not grateful to Abraham Lincoln. Abraham Lincoln did the bare minimum. In fact, it was just insulting that we praise him so much. Depriving someone of food and then being nice enough to give them a, a bowl of, of cereal is not a good gesture. You know what? I feel like white people, maybe this is something that is uh, in, in nature for people like that. It's called nice guy syndrome. And I feel that a lot of white people have that syndrome. It's like this delusion that you're actually a nice guy, but you're just doing common decency. It just shows how shit of a person you are, because you're not even, do, you're, it's not even natural to you. You're doing it as, as an act to receive something, to benefit from something. You know, a, a guy would be like, I'm a nice guy, so I hold the door open for women, and I, and I uh, tell her compliments every day, and I, I tell her she's cute and beautiful, and I, um, I buy her flowers and, and food, and, you know, I, I talk to her, and she still rejects me. She'll, she's a bitch. She doesn't like nice guys. She doesn't like guys who won't treat her like trash, but he doesn't respect her boundary. He doesn't respect her privacy, he doesn't, you know, he holds the door, but solely for a reason, to get something. You know what a true nice person would get, would do? Just hold the door for someone, man, woman, or child, just because that's what they do. A nice person doesn't think about those things, he just does it. See, I don't have to watch a, a beta, alpha, omega, whatever type of guy. You know why? Because I'm I'm going to be whatever. Oh, you're a beta cuck. It's like, what does that even mean? No, look. I I understand some people don't want me for my looks. I understand that I am an awkward person. I work on those things. I understand though that those are things that are a part of me. 
So I am progressively always trying to work on myself. At the same time, not drastically changing myself to get approval from someone. I've done that before. It left me depressed and mentally unhealthy, and I can no longer do that. I had to accept my darker skin because that's part of me. I had to accept my flaws, and sometimes I had to just let them grow. My beard was very patchy. I, I understood that's like, okay, my beard is very patchy. At one point, I kept shaving it, but I had, I'm black, so I could shave like razor bumps. Now I'm going to let it grow. Not because uh, I necessarily like the the um, look of it, but because I never really gave it a chance. I always cut it when it's like, okay, I've had a month with it. It still looks patchy. I've never let it grow out a year. And why haven't I let it grow out a year? Because it always looks patchy within a month. But the longer I let it grow, the darker it kind of gets the better it starts to look a little bit. I never tried to take care of it. I never tried to brush it. I never tried to comb it. I never tried to put product in my hair. These things take time. And if you expect results in a week, if you expect results the next day, you're always going to be um, left with uh, regret. You're, you're going to be disappointed every time. And that's something that I have to continue to learn every day. Because some things are not instantaneous. When I work out, I think I've been working out for months. And I'm not any bigger or not any closer to my goal. But those things, small progressions. I've been working on my diet. I've been drinking water. But sometimes I skip. And sometimes I take two days off. And that's not a good thing. If I don't have to, I will wait. I do things to try to better myself. Even though it hurts. The battle isn't really necessarily a physical one because I have issues that don't necessarily equal my physical stature. I can lift a lot of weight. When I go to a gym, people know. I am very adamant. I'm very rigorous. But still, even though my body is strong, my mental state is weak. When it comes to it, I am very passive and very easy to get bullied. And it hurts. It hurts when I, I laugh at a joke. I laugh at someone calling me a bitch. But because I'm so weak and that's my only self-defense mechanism. And I, I have to reel myself back in. Because I can constantly, you know, I can, I can jump. Because I don't know how to defend myself with regular boxing, with fighting. I don't know. So I instantly think, if I'm going to fight, I have to do it the worst way. Because I don't know any ways. Those ways weren't taught to me. So I, I think, I might have to kill this person. Or I might have to kill myself. And it's a dramatic way, but those are things that I have to address and I have to understand. So I have to reel myself in. I have to control myself. And it's not... I won't say that it is super easy, but those are things that are honestly just things I work on. Because I realize why I got there. These are human emotions. These are, you know, fake things. I'm 
not sitting there trying to be a, a nice guy in my life. I'm trying to be me. These are actions fully focused on me. The the problem that I see with white people is that an action of basic humanity is always met with this um, handout expecting to be rewarded for doing the bare minimum. As like a white kid saying, I like black women. Wow, thank you for liking black women. You're not a, a ally to the cause in any way. I did a black woman. Wow, I did a white woman. Wow. You know, that's the same thing. I did not end racism. It is not a single act. You're not a revolutionary just because you went to the uh, march. You're a revolutionary when you give your life to doing that. And it, sometimes giving your life doesn't mean going out in a blaze of glory. Sometimes it sucks and it means you sit there and do paperwork. It sucks. It says you say the same message over and over and over and over again until someone gets it. Anyone can can be a a soldier and shoot somebody. But can you be a soldier and stand guard for 10 hours every day? Just stand there looking at nothing in hopes that something happens or, or waiting for something to happen just in case something happens. Can you stay and watch and stay completely focused? It is saying, can you do the tough, difficult things for the greater good? I say the people who do those boring jobs, those unwanted jobs, you know, everyone wants to talk about how good you are with a CEO and and how you good with, with being a tax, uh, tax man and you make a, a large salary. I guarantee you, if a subway uh, subway worker went down, or if a if a McDonald's worker went down, I would notice that way more than one tax person. I think I don't think their jobs are that important. Like those are societal jobs. Yes, those are things to keep the society running. But those subway McDonald's workers, those people keep us alive. Some people cannot afford to eat. Some people need nourishment quick. Some people uh, need a pick-me-up or something. Some people need access. Now, I'm not saying I approve and like McDonald's. I'm just saying the truth is food is very important. I'm willing to bet many people's daily lives do not revolve around uh, a salary man or a tax company making it to or from work. I'm not saying that it wouldn't be sad. I'm not saying that their life is meaningless. I'm saying that it's not as big as the impact. So that's all I'm going to say. And, you know, I'm just going to end it on that. But thank you for listening.